We're going to start at verse 18. Verse 18. And aren't you glad he's the God of the valleys? Yeah. As well as the God of the mountains. Amen. Bless his name. Sweet spirit in our midst tonight. Yeah. Thankful for that. Been one all week. The Lord's been here. Yeah. Sure do. Praise him for it. Amen. Uh, good singers. Amen. Every night. We do this every week. We have the honor of preaching God's word in a revival. I don't know if I was saying that. There ain't always good singers. Uh, some singers, it's all about them. Yeah, right. Some singers aren't real careful what they sing. Yeah. Uh, but I appreciate the quality of the singing this week. Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. Believe God's got his touch on these young ladies. No wonder he's using them. And I praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for it. Matthew 9, verse 18. And while, y'all remember 10 miracles in Matthew 8 and 9. But they're not boop, 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 all in a row like a machine gun. <laughs> the Holy Spirit puts a little sandwich, as it were, between the miracles and the Lord teaches some in between. He teaches some, preaches some in between. There's really a lesson there. If all the church does is minister to people and extend mercy and love and even healing, I won't get an amen, but I'm going to say it. That's not enough. Right. There's got to go along with the outreach, with the love, with the mercy, there's got to go along with that the preaching of the word. The balance must be there. And uh, verse 18, while he spake these things unto them, he was teaching, behold, there came a certain ruler. That's all Matthew tells us. A ruler. The other gospels, if they're recording the same miracle, gives us his name. Matthew doesn't need just a ruler. He's a, can I say this? He's a big shot. He's a mover and a shaker. He speaks. People listen. A, 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 a certain ruler. A, and uh, notice what this certain ruler did when he came to Jesus. Uh, there came a certain ruler and, and I need that next word. He did what? Worship. He worshiped him. He worshiped the Lord. I'm saying this. I believe we've come to worship tonight. Amen. Yeah. I need a little more help. I believe we've come to worship. Amen. They've helped us. The Word of God will certainly help yeah. us. Amen. No telling what God could do. <laughs> and our men, we've come to worship. Just two or three minutes on that word worship. It'll help. He's worshiping the Lord. You remember Sunday morning, I 
mentioned the leper worship the Lord. And I said there's a lot in that word, but I can't deal with it this morning. Look, here we are tonight. The word comes up again. Listen to the word, the Greek word. Proskuneo. That's the way it sounds. Proskuneo. That's what the Greek teacher would write on the board. Proskuneo. And it is translated worship. Pros, P-R-O-S. It's a prefix. It's a pronoun. And, and it means to or toward. Pros. Uh, Kendra, it, it can mean face to face. Pros. Kuneo. Kuneo. Oh, boy. It actually, it's a verb. Kuneo. But it comes from a little Greek noun, kune. I got to tell you what kune means. Dog. <laughs> you trying to tell me the word for worship comes from dog? Kune is dog. I got to figure this out. Kune is dog. Kuneo, when you make it a verb, is normally translated in the Greek language, please smile at me, to kiss. <laughs> How in tarnation did they get the word for dog? And it ends up meaning to kiss. But if you've got a little doggy at home tonight, if you've got a little doggy that's a pet, uh, when you pull in your driveway, now somebody's going to have to nod at you. Your little dog knows you're pulling that driveway time you get there. Yeah. And that little doggy's tail, you haven't even got in the house yet. <laughs> Doing just like that. That doggy's excited. Yeah. But its master has come home. When you open that door, when you unlock that door, if it's locked and you go in, if you're not careful, that little doggy will climb right up you. So excited to see you. I don't know how this is going to work. And will lick the daylights out of you. <laughs> and plant the biggest, juiciest, wet kiss on you. That's the Greek word for worship. Pros kuneo. Preacher, that doesn't make any sense. This is God's idea of worship. He'd like to see somebody get excited. Right. If you'll allow me, doggy excited. <laughs> so in love with him. We'd love to hug him. Fall down at his feet. Right. Kiss him with all of our hearts. Amen. And cross right in his, right in his presence. Yeah. I hope you remember that word every worship service you ever attend from now on. <laughs> Hadn't seen it in a while, but wouldn't it be thrilling to see a Baptist get that excited right. yeah, yeah. about worshiping yeah. Jesus. Yeah. He worshiped. We're in verse 18. Uh, saying, my daughter, see he's a daddy, my daughter is even now, uh-oh, in Mark 5 and Luke 8, she's not dead. So it could be a different miracle. And if not, something's happening. 
My daughter is even now, you tell me, she's dead. I thought this. I thought if you're dead, it's all over. I thought if you're dead, hopeless, the doctor lay a stethoscope aside and the, uh, the, the heart monitor will flatline. They're dead. My daughter is dead and yet he still wants to get to Jesus. And he's not mad at Jesus because his daughter's dead. He's worshiping Jesus. Yeah. Going to love on him a little bit. My daughter is even now dead. But look at the rest of that verse. Would you come? Would you come? Now, when there's a death, you ask the mortician doctor, take her, the, uh, the funeral director to come. He's asking Jesus to come. This man believes Jesus is not hindered and is not stopped. I need an amen by death. Amen. Would you come? And lay thy hand upon her. Lay your hand upon her. And there's no doubt in this man's mind. And she shall what? She shall live. I'm going to make a statement and see if you'll agree. That's faith. That's faith. If she's real bad sick, it'd still be faith. But dead? That's real faith. We was at a service. Somebody stood up and wanted to testify and praise God. It was, it was lovely. They had just gotten a raise. Their wife had gotten a good medical report. One of his grandsons recently was saved. And he's praising the Lord. Well, I reckon so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything's going good. Yeah. And I rejoice while he's praising God. But here's the person praising God that gets my ear, my heart. I'm about ready to say it's real. That's when the medical report wasn't so good. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, that's when the grand young man hadn't got saved. In fact, he's getting wilder and wilder. Yeah. That's when you didn't get a raise and your job's about to lay you off. Yeah. And you still lift that hand and say, and say, I need some amen. God's good. Amen. God's good. Yeah, all the time. Yes, sir. This man's in a fix. But he's still worshiping the Lord. Uh, verse number, is it 19? Oh, help me because you know how I, verse 19. And Jesus arose. Probably means he was sitting. And Jesus arose and followed him. And so did his disciples. i got to show you something. We've learned already this week. The word disciples implies being a follower of Jesus. A disciple follows. And here, the disciples are, no, what did you say? They're following Jesus. Don't you notice what Jesus did? 
when he got around that man with that kind of faith, when he got around that man and said, my girl's dead, but I believe you could come do something about it. Right. It said, Jesus arose and followed him. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised the Lord's following your faith. Helping, encouraging, increasing your faith. Jesus followed this man who had faith when his world had just fallen apart. Can I get an amen here? I want that kind of faith. Amen. I want y'all to have that kind of faith. Or certainly one way I know to get it. Faith cometh by hearing somebody fill in the blank. And hearing by the word of God. You know what we're doing tonight? Well, we worship. Beautiful singing. And we've testified. And we, we've about done it all. Use the altar. Hallelujah. Uh, all we like somebody shouting. And you can have that anytime you want to. But uh, there's something else we're doing tonight. Because the word's being preached. And it doesn't matter if it's Brother Babel or Brother Smith or, or whoever it may be. The word's being preached tonight. We are building our faith tonight. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Jesus followed him. Verse 20. Verse 20. You see how we're going to do it? We've done it this way every night. And behold, I'm not going to explain that. Y'all know what it means. And behold, a, a, give me that next word. One. A one. Wait a minute. In our story, we got a daddy, a man. He's broken hearted. And we got a little girl and she's dead. No mention of a wife. And then all of a sudden it says, and a woman got in the middle of this story. I call this a miracle within a miracle. Tonight's text is a double miracle. Oh, I need to say this. Jesus can not only work one miracle, he can work two at a time. Double barrel miracle. Behold a woman which was diseased with an issue of what? Tell me. An issue of what? But 12 years. Now, I, I, I want to be sensitive and I want to word it properly. She's been bleeding 12 years. I, I guess I could use the word hemorrhaging. 12 years. Is she bleeding real bad? Well, I doubt it. You can't bleed real bad 12 years. You'll run out somewhere down the line. But it won't quit. I should have talked to you, Miss Nurse, before the service. When you bleed, bleed, bleed like that, I think you get anemic. You get weak. You lose your strength. Uh-oh. This bleeding lady... I guarantee you, she's trying to get to Jesus. And this day he's got Jesus attention. This day he's got Jesus going to the house. And now here's an interruption. The lady would consider an interruption. But the daddy well could have considered it an interruption. I gotta show you something. But he didn't grumble. He didn't complain. 
He didn't say, Lord, you better hurry up. Of course, I guess you could say his daughter's already dead. But still, he didn't say, Lord. He allowed the Lord time. He allowed the Lord time to work. And he trusted the Lord. I made an amen to take care of his little girl. Give God time. That's exactly what you said. I don't know tonight, tomorrow, year from now, giving the Lord time. He don't work on our time schedule. But like the preacher said, and he said it well, he's never been late, neither. This woman's been bleeding 12 years. She came up behind. Notice that. She came up behind the Lord. Preacher, I think that's even important. She didn't come straight on. I don't know if she could have got through the disciples. They sort of take care of him and guard him. She came up behind him. Oh, you knew this, I imagine. She is, by virtue of her problem, spiritually unclean. If Somebody were to sit in her chair, they can't go to the synagogue and worship God. They've got to offer a sacrifice and get cleansed. They go to church, synagogue, and worship God. Everything she touches, she defies. She feels like she's got to come up behind. The Lord Jesus. Oh boy. I'll use our scripture. It's in Hebrews. So Paul wrote it. The Holy Ghost wrote it. And yet it didn't work. Let us come boldly. How'd that go? Let us come boldly. Before the what? Throne. Your people know their Bible scripture before. The throne of grace. You know what that means? That means you don't have to come in from behind. You just march right in there. Lord, I ain't much full sinner saved by grace, but I'm one of your youngins. I've got a need. I've got to present it to you. Share the burden. She came up from behind. She doesn't know a lot about the Lord. And she's, watch what she says. What verse is it? Somebody call it out. What was it? She came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. Touched the hem of his garment. I'm going to make a statement. Oh, y'all are listening well. I think he could have healed her without her having to touch the hem of his garment. I think he can heal by simply saying the word. But here's the thing. She needed that touch. He didn't need the touch. She needed that touch. Does anybody here tonight believe the Lord knows what we need? I've got to tell you a story. (laughs) His name is Naaman. He's a famous leper. Well, he's a military man. He's a captain. From the Syrian army, but he's got a bad disease. Hey, Sunday morning, leprosy. 
a little old Jewish girl in his house, no doubt a slave, a captive. She said, I want somebody to make that leprosy well. He said, there ain't nobody in Syria can. I done been to all of them. She said, no. Down in Israel, there's a man of God. Make your leprosy well. Had to have some faith. Made the trip. Right. Went down there to Elisha. Well, I gotta got tell you a little bit about the story. You would think the captain of the army, you'd think old Elisha would go out there and say, now here's what God would have you do. Elisha didn't even get up. Right. <laughs> Stayed in his tent. Said, y'all go out there and tell him to go down to the Jordan River. Immerse himself seven times. No, and and he, he'll be made well. Made man mad. Somebody finally talked him into it. He dipped himself in the Jordan River seven times. I will need an amen. And he came out cleansed white as snow. Right. Not a blemish yeah. on his leprous body. Yeah. That's our Lord. Now, would you say that the implication is that Naaman not only got physically cleansed that day, I believe it anyway, I believe he got born again that day. Maybe he met the Lord God Almighty that day. And uh, he's a new convert. Will y'all get me that? He's a new convert. Here's what he said. He said, when I get back home, y'all figure, I work for the king and I still got to do my job. They'll kill me if I don't. He said, that means I got to go into the house of Dagon. I got to go into an old idol's house. I don't believe in that idol no more. I know there's a God in heaven that can cleanse leprosy. There's a living God. I don't believe in that idol no more. And he said to Elisha, would you tell God that when I go in that idol's house and kneel there beside my king, now please smile, that I don't mean a word of it. <laughs> that I'm just acting out for my king because he'll kill me if I don't. But I know there is no idol that will do it. I know the living God. Yeah. Then, he's got his mule with him. Probably got several. He said, Elisha, I believe what God's done for me is special. I want to get me a mule's load of dirt from the Holy Land. Get me a shovel, load my mule down with dirt. Holy dirt, he thinks. He'll take that holy dirt back to Syria, pile it up, and he'll pray on that holy dirt. how y'all will take this. If God made it, I don't care if it's in Israel. I don't care if it's in Syria. I don't care if it's in Georgia. It's holy dirt. Amen. Ain't no such thing as dirt that's more holy. But he didn't know it. He's a young convert. Carrying him a mule's worth of holy dirt back home. <laughs> Gotta go in that house idols, but I don't mean it. Please tell God I'm behind it. And Elisha, who certainly knows how to rebuke people, 
didn't say a word to that new convert. He let him go back home with his mule's load of dirt and his determination not to mean it in the house of the idol, knowing that in time, in time, I need an amen, he would grow in his faith. Amen. We do that in our churches. Somebody gets saved, they may not know how to act yet. Don't y'all dry up on me. They may not know how to dress yet. They may not know how to talk yet. I heard of one fellow that got saved, and the preacher shouldn't have done it. I mean, he's been saved three or four days. And they said, Would you help take up the offering? Just been saved for him, don't you think? Yes, did you? And then the preacher, unwisely, I think, called on him to pray. He don't know nothing about praying in church. And he stumbled around and talked to the Lord and sort of thanked the Lord for saying he didn't, he, he didn't know how to end the prayer. He never heard one in. He said, yours truly, amen. Did y'all hear that? Yours truly, amen. He didn't know. He didn't know, but uh, announcement, I'm pretty sure that prayer got through. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen, or yours truly, amen, the heart was right and the heart was up. I didn't mean to get into all that. She had to touch the hem of his garment. That's her mules. Love her holy dirt. That's her. I don't mean it when I have to do it. Uh, that's her touching the hem of his garment. And by the way, that word hem, when the Jews wore that outer garment, if you look it up on the internet, you'd probably look up the word prayer shawl. They're little tassels. Just little, y'all know what tassels are. High school group, tassels. Yeah. Uh, she probably just barely touched his tassel. She said, that'll do it. That'll do it. I'll tell you what did it. I hope I get an amen. Her faith did it. Amen. By grace through faith. Yeah. I can touch by the way, it takes Mark 7, 8, 9 verses to tell the story of this woman. Matthew does it in three. Well, let's get her well and get on for that little dead cross. I can touch the hem of his garment. When Mark tells a story, Mark says uh, she'd spent all her money on doctors. Wasn't no better off. Yeah. And I, that's true. I, I don't doubt that. But when Luke tells the story, he's not nearly as hard on the doctors. <laughs> Wonder why. Luke's a physician. Oh, don't you just love the Bible? Yeah. If I can touch the hem of his garment. Verse 21. She said within herself, I shall be whole. He will make me well. Verse 22. Jesus turned him about. When he saw her, he said, he said, give me that first word. Daughter. daughter. You say daughter? 
That's the feminine part of what otherwise would be son. This is sort of deep, so stay with me. I think Jesus just put her in the family. <laughs> Daughter. Son. To as many as believed on him, to them gave he power to become the sons, the daughters of God. She got physically healed, but she got spiritually healed. Daughter, be of good comfort. You don't have to be wary. You don't have to be scared. The Lord can take away the fear. Would somebody say amen? amen. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole. Y'all watch me. You know how I do. And the woman was made whole that very week. Not within a month and a half. From that hour, she is made well. Hmm. How many of you believe that really happened? Oh, I do too. A miracle within a miracle. I wonder what daddy's doing. I mean, if you trust God with a dead daughter, you, you, your trust is all. I think he just stood over. Let the Lord take care of the lady. Jesus won't forget me. He'll come to the house. He'll do what needs to be done for my little girl. And may I make an announcement and get a bunch of amens. He won't forget you, neither. Brother Bible, I believe he's gone up the road probably helping somebody else, and I love him for it, but no, no he won't forget you. That's right. He won't forget you. Let's go further. Is it verse 23? Yes. Thank you. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and he saw, look at this word, the minstrels, singers. Uh, one time in our King James Bible is translated pipers. That means they play the flute. They're kind of piping. Musicians, singers. And uh, they saw the minstrels and the people making a noise. What is that all about? I read preparing the, the message. Even in, in, in Israel, even in the poorest of the families, if a death came, you didn't even love them if you didn't hire at least two musicians and two professional mourners and the mourner's job was to weep and wail and scream and cry and make a lot of racket and the more racket they made the more means the more you loved the deceased that was their heathen ways at that time I'm going to say something you don't have to make a lot of racket to get the Lord's attention Amen. I'm not against it but you don't have to make a lot of racket he can hear a still small voice as well as he can hear a loud, boisterous voice. Jesus goes in. And can you imagine the racket and the music? I mean, you say, preacher, is she really dead? 
Well, the undertaker thought she was. The family thought she was. And by the way, she was. The word of God plainly tells us that she is dead. Hmm. Let's go further. Uh, 24, verse 24. We're going to 26. Why didn't I tell you that earlier? We're going to 26. I bet some of you thought I was going to 36. 37. Maybe he's going for 38. Don't have time. We're going to verse 26. It will be through. He said, he said, verse 24, he came in the house, he said unto them, I love this, give place, give place. That's the first thing Jesus is saying. Come in, give place. The, the, the Greek verb there, it's a very strong verb. It uses kareo, and this is what it means. I want to tell you that I want to watch you. Get out of my way. <laughs> I thought, when I saw that this afternoon, I thought, that doesn't sound like the Lord. Get out of my way. But if all that howling was going on, yeah. all that music was going on, I made an amen here, and none of it's really necessary. Yeah. She ain't going to be dead that long. Yeah. Right. Make place, give place. For the maid is not dead, but you tell me, but what? That was Jesus' evaluation. She's not dead, she's just asleep. Maybe we'll talk about that three or four minutes. We know she's dead, we know her heart's. Not beaten. I mean, everything in the miracle attests to that fact. Uh, but Jesus says she's not dead. She is asleep. I'm going to say something. I, I think I'm okay. I'm, I'll go say it anyway, but I think I'm okay saying it. I don't know the age of the girl. If it's the same miracle that is described elsewhere, I don't think Matthew tells us. She's 12 years of age, but I'm looking. Uh, no, Matthew doesn't tell us that. Mark 5, Luke 8, do, but I'm not positive it's the same miracle. Little girls never said to me, uh, when, when the daddy comes, she's still alive. She dies like um, She simply sleeps. Here's what I wanted to say. I believe when a child dies, one who has not yet reached the age of understanding the things of God. Are y'all with me? Yeah. I believe if that child dies, I believe they go straight to heaven. Yeah. Straight to heaven. Somebody, I, I can hear it now. Well, Brother Rayla, you're welcome to your belief, but you ain't got no Bible to prove it. Oh, yes, I do. I wouldn't have brought it up if I didn't have some Bible. 
things. Where? King David and Bathsheba, everybody's heard about her. She became a child. And uh, have y'all heard? The baby died. David begged God for that baby to live. And the baby died. I need an amen here. God doesn't answer all prayers just like we want him to. David's servants are, are, are really worried now. He fell to pieces when the baby is at death's door. Ain't no telling what he'll do. We better watch he don't hurt himself. No telling what he'll do now if the baby's dead. But as soon as he learned the baby was dead, he got up, dusted himself off, and said, please smile, what's for supper? What's for supper? That's a rather callous attitude. David said, don't worry about the child. I can't bring that baby back to me. I need an amen, but I can go to that baby. Amen. Babies. The young ones. It, when Jesus says she's not dead, she's simply asleep, uh, he might be saved. Physically, dead, everybody knows. But I'm fixing to do something for this child. I'm fixing to speak a word and it will be just like, I need an amen, just like she's been sleeping. Amen. I don't like the way y'all were looking at me. I didn't explain <laughs> that way. <laughs> that sounds rough. I got a better one. You better act like you like this one. <laughs> Paul, in the Corinthian church, they got to disrespecting the Lord's Supper. Yeah. Yeah. They turned it into a gluttonous feast. Some of them got drunk. They, they dishonored it yeah. tremendously. And Paul said, yeah, and some of you are dead because of the way you acted. God killed them. The sin unto death. Some of you, here's the way Paul put it, some of you are dead, but he didn't use the word dead. Some of you, some of you are sickly. God made them sick from there. And some of you sleep. They're clearly dead, but Paul said the Christian sleeps. She sleeps. She sleeps. Dad had a strong faith. Maybe she'd already got saved if she's old enough. If she's not old enough, she's still safe. She is asleep. I'm taking too long to, to develop this. Preacher, you mean a Christian in God's eyes, we're not dead, we're asleep. That was Paul's terminology. Holy Ghost told him to write it. You see, that's dangerous. You mean when I die, I'm just they, I'm asleep in that coffin? No, no, that's not real.